0: hey craig
1: so i drug my ass to the college hill bars and i drank till i had no shame <laughs> yep, I, know you, I know you've heard that song right i'm sure i have but i don't know what it is <laughs> well i don't know I, I was saving this for pop culture later but we can get into it now if you want
0: i mean i don't know should we maybe maybe we should hold on to it and just call it a uh You know, we'll just, we'll like, you know, hang some suspense on it so that, like a teaser so that people actually have to hang around.
1: Let's do it, man. Okay. Let's do that. That sounds good. So, hello and welcome to episode 16 or 17, depending on what you're counting. I know, I feel like,
0: by the way, I feel like I should like adjust that, Like, like like it's eating at me. (laughs) that we're like on the one side of our podcast website, it says like one number and then the episodes are numbered a different thing just because I didn't actually officially number the Ernie Kent podcast. So I don't know. Maybe we should solicit input from the readers as to how we should, uh, you know, how we should, uh, you know, take care of the, the, the numbering, whether, whether we should retroactively assign an episode number to Ernie. But then we've got all these episodes where we call it, a number that then it wouldn't be that number anymore. So,
1: I don't know. Maybe maybe it should be like checkbooks and we start with like number 500. There so we go. it looks like so it looks like oh. we're more experienced.
0: Next episode's going to be like episode 563.
1: Yeah, exactly. People are going to so, be
0: like what happened to the other 500 episodes?
1: Well, we didn't pay we didn't pay our SoundCloud bill or whatever <laughs> or Podbean bill. That's what that would be. <laughs> sorry That's we what will just tell them.
0: everybody sorry no 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 I know what we'll say we'll say we put them on myspace and they were <laughs> lost during the migration <laughs> from one server to another and you know what sorry folks they they actually existed i promise but uh now they don't anymore
1: rest in peace my uh myspace profile which was a beautiful picture uh, a picture of my life in 2007 i think was the last time i updated it so was it just
0: uh, one picture of your life or was it like was the background like a like a tiled
1: you know oh man, yeah, all dude, of those
0: could, pictures tiled so that
1: you could have music on there and then a um i had you could you assign your top 10 friends it was you know i i i, I now i don't know who my top 10 friends were in 2007 and i'll never know that's really sad i you know.
0: know i mean those how will those people ever you know realize their full potential if they don't know if they were one of your top 10 friends 12 years ago
1: yeah they they won't um i'm sorry everyone uh but that's your fault them's the games on the internet ain't nothing forever on the internet it is pretty funny though
0: like we we sort of have this assumption that everything on the internet is going to last forever like we sort of like approach it that way and then all of a sudden when something disappears we're like what the hell like stuff's not supposed to disappear right and it's like i, I like I, I just have like this it's not really a recurring nightmare but but I'm a little like I don't know if you're this way with pictures of B but it's like I'm I'm sort of feeling like like I have picture my family pictures like all the pictures I've taken of my you know Sarah and the kids and everything I've got them in like three different locations <laughs> I've got them backed up on oh, yeah photos I've got them backed up on a local drive and I've also got them backed up on um iCloud it's like yeah I'm 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 not fooling yep. around man I don't want those things disappearing
1: yeah, I use the Amazon Photos and I pay for iCloud and then I store them uh, locally as well. So yeah, especially the the B pics and especially my beer pics. I don't want to forget about that. Oh
0: goodness, heck no!
1: But that's, I, I will. That's I taken will up say, like
0: a terabyte on its own.
1: Oh yeah, I, I will say um, <laughs> as Jeff alluded to, nothing on the internet is forever. So you should like and subscribe to this podcast and listen to all the episodes. That's right. Because you never know when they'll go away especially our last one which is a beautiful hot mess as we uh, (laughs) heard beautiful
0: sexy hot
1: mess sexy hot mess um just of uh one microphone picking up all the sound fight songs breaking out uh random conversations going in the background
0: yeah that's I, you know, anybody who actually listened to that entire thing, I, I would love to actually hear from someone who, li- well, someone other than you and me who listened to or that I entire know, thing. I,
1: I know my mom did because uh, she responded. Yeah, she responded. Well, she'll listen to every everything every time, but she That's responded to thing. on Twitter uh, the the final thing on the podcast is uh, your wife and I, Sarah and I, uh, discussing Real Housewives. And uh, we had agreed that uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey is the best one. But my mom comes in and comments that Real Housewives of New York is, is fire emoji. My mom's so cool. She uses fire emojis.
0: <laughs> so she made
1: it to the end. Yeah, despite, so she Despite
0: the unceremonious ending to your, your conversation, which was a little computer snafu, but
1: yeah. other than that. So yeah, like but uh this time we are back at home and we have our normal setup. We both have microphones. Yeah. They're that's plugged kind of, into that's different cool. computers. Plugged
0: into different computers so that it's not so like we did I mean I, I feel like I should tell anybody who actually listened to that. Like we actually did like a little test to make sure that everything was working okay, but I think I got sort of a false positive with
1: the Yeah, I think I think it was it was your voice is being picked up on my I think so. microphone I think so. because actually when you were, you were talking pretty loudly, our yeah. guests wouldn't talk that loud, but you were right. talking loud enough to be picked up, but right. yeah, but,
0: but yeah, you know, well, and let's, let's even tell the whole story of how that happened. So we bought a mixing board to bring so that, cause I knew I was like, okay, I got this mixing board so that I can run the one channel into the computer for the recording, um, And I was like, awesome. You know, we're going to we're going to do this right. And uh, I ordered it on Tuesday night. In fact, I ordered it while we were recording the podcast last week. And Amazon said it'll be delivered by Friday. Well, I needed to leave my school. Uh, I need to go straight from my school to Pullman on Friday. Wasn't going to be coming home. So I was like, all right, well, I'll get it delivered to my school. Right. Because they those tend to come a little earlier. And I just thought, you know, it'll it'll be there before I have to leave. So. It gets delivered to my school. Secretary sends me a message. Hey, you've got a package in the office. Okay, great. Well, then, you know, school ends and I'm trying to get the heck out of there and I got to stop and I got to talk to three different people on my way out. And, of course, your idiot co-host here forgot the mixing board at the school so so now I have the mixing board it's very beautiful and I'm sure we'll use it at some point to do a uh I don't know if we'll do like another live show like the tailgater if we'll just you know hit up a tap room or something and record from a tap room and have a couple beers maybe this summer or something but but yeah you know it was supposed to be better than that but the fact that it wasn't better than that is actually I think pretty on brand for us
1: yes um we don't care so you didn't care enough to bring the device that would have made that sound somewhat professional instead it sounded like well it sounded it sounded like a tailgate where you're standing next to one guy that is screaming the whole time. yeah 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 it was uh go back and listen to it it's pretty freaking funny you want to hear some you want to hear some of our guests at their inebriated states uh you can uh, it's, it's pretty great. I highly recommend and as it. As we
0: continued to drink your, you know, 14%, 15%, uh, you know, barrel aged beers by, it was funny. I was, I was re-listening to it cause I had to edit it. I had edit a couple of things out because there were a couple of things that were just a little, just a little too much. Um, and, uh, yeah, when I, when I came back on at the very end to, for you and I to sort of record the ending, I was like, oh Yeah. Yeah, that was like an hour or something after we started, and and, uh, I was now a few more beers deep, and yeah, I could tell.
1: (laughs) Yep. Uh, So anyway, speaking of drinking beer, uh, uh, what are you drinking or what have you been drinking or did you just drink enough this weekend and you don't ever want to drink again?
0: Well, I definitely drank enough this weekend. Um, but I didn't, I didn't drink as much as other people. So I'm actually okay to, uh, to drink again tonight. Um, but we did have, so I bought for the tailgate, I bought like six, uh, from Rainier Growlers, which for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, are 32 ounce cans that are filled and canned at the tap room, which is like life changing basically. Right. Cause in my house, I don't, uh, I have nobody to share my beer with. Sarah, um, has celiac disease, so she doesn't drink beer. So, and obviously my three children don't drink beer, so it's left up to me. So filling a growler is a really, you know, terrible idea because I, I, I not, not that I can't drink four pints of beer, but, um, I typically don't want to drink four pints of the same thing, but growlers are nice because I can fill them. It's two pints and then I can store it in the fridge if I want to. So I, I I've had six, Crowlers filled up. We didn't drink all of them at the tailgate. So now it is incumbent upon me to drink them at my house. And I, I will I will take this burden on myself. But uh for tonight, so the first one that that we had that I'm gonna go ahead and drink tonight, um, and I'm gonna blow your mind, Craig. Are you ready to have your mind blown? Yes. Okay. I am drinking Stone Enjoy by 4 2019, but it is for
1: 23 how dare you how dare you it I is expired by
0: this. three days i I, wa- I guess i wanted to find out what it would be like if i drank it three days after the expiration it's, date. it's
1: straight up poison you're going to die
0: yeah right? it kind of tastes like shit now
1: yeah i'm yeah. just kidding it
0: still tastes good
1: <laughs> i haven't i haven't had one of those enjoy buys in a few years damn changed, why didn't you have one changed? on sunday or saturday uh, because i've had it a million times I had, this I had, one's the different one i, I had know. people shoving beer in my face that is true you did i brought beers and then people yes, were like i would try this one too and i'm like that all right true. This, this yeah, that's is. true and then and then i left to go uh, eat chinese food so you know anyway.
0: i almost opened up uh the the other two i have are the uh i have a can of boneyard rpm Boneyard's one of my favorites. Maybe I'll drink that one next week. That should be fine. That's the other thing about crowlers. They're they're good for a couple weeks. So maybe I'll have that one next week. And then I have a Crux Cruising Altitude, which is is like their uh, sort of current double IPA. But um but yeah, it's uh it's still pretty good. You know, it's it's a uh, it's definitely a, a double IPA, nine point four percent. Um little heavier, a little dank, right, to go with the four twenty theme.
1: So uh good beer, solid beer. Uh how would you rate that on uh five uh five um bags of Doritos? How many <laughs> bags of Doritos would you rate that enjoy by four twenty?
0: I, I would rate this uh four twenty beer as uh three and three quarters bags of Doritos. <laughs> Not, not a fourth bag. Like You know how like you, you eat three bags and then you're like, I totally want that fourth bag. And then you get about three quarters of the way through the bag and you're like, I just can't eat another Dorito. And but then, it really is like three And plus then you four eat four an Doritos. ice cream sandwich. That Yeah, that too. <laughs> but it really is like you really do need to eat three bags before you're like, actually, I may have eaten too many Doritos.
1: Yeah, Doritos are great. Uh, go to... Um, go-to snack for any type of inebriation really
0: yeah yeah i think that's true
1: My uh, kids. yeah and kids are i mean just being a kid is a, a certain type of inebriation
0: that is that um, that is true actually
1: yeah your daughter it's was for,
0: pretty inebriated on saturday
1: yeah she was pretty sleep deprived uh that whole weekend uh there was just a lot way too much going on for her um, but she had a blast uh we could probably get into that more in the in the kid area but but yeah see, she seemed a, a a little off her game but she she was a trooper um
0: so, what are you drinking
1: uh i am drinking a beer from uh Drake's brewing, which is
0: uh never Drake's, heard of it
1: it's probably awesome uh, you've never heard of Drake's brewing i haven't uh Drake's is kind of one of the o g west coast kind of ipa producers um california ipa producers they um they've been around for a while uh i want to say 1989 yeah so um they're 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 definitely an og craft beer brewery um still privately owned uh, no one's bought them out they they you know they're but um I guess they they are owned by Triple Rock Brewery, Never mind. Uh, they're they're owned by another brewery, but it's just another small brewery, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, so they um they're pretty they're mostly famous for their um, IPAs and pale ales, and they they were really leaned into that um, kind of California IPA style in the mid 2000s. Uh, so like when when my early craft beer when I was really getting a craft beer like they were just like you know if, if, if I was in California I'd be grabbing some Drake's IPAs wherever I could find them and um, they actually though won that's apparently a great American beer fest won a, 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 a gold for their barley wine um, I'm drinking something along those lines it's called Island Diaries it is a rum barrel aged quad Um, a quad is originally a Belgian style. Uh, it's a style that kind of originates with, uh, Trappist breweries. It's just a really big malty Belgian beer. Uh, so you have the lineage of the, um, the doubles, uh, which are typically hit around 7%. Uh, the triples will hit around nine and then the quads will hit around 10 to 12%. And they're usually dark, uh, brown uh, or kind of a ruby color and they, uh, they, uh, very malt driven. So they're kind of like a cousin to the barley wine, if you could say that. And, and once you put them into barrels and I say, I am definitely kind of, um, this is something that one of my favorite beer bloggers always says that the quad is, you know, very kind of adjacent to barley wine. That's don't drink beer. Um, he, he, um, uh, he always says that, and, and this is definitely true on this beer. It looks like a uh, kind of a, a dark barley wine, uh, a darker brown barley wine. Um, but yeah, it's, um, as I said, Asian rum barrels. Um, they're telling you to look for coconut, banana bread, and rum spice. Um, I'm trying to let it warm up so I can get some of that. I definitely get the kind of spice on the nose. Um, the rum is not, at, so some rum barrel-aged beers can be super intense on the rum, especially the ethanol side of it. But generally, you want to get that sweetness, especially when you age a stout or a barley wine or a quad or something in it. Um, but so this has got a little bit of the sweetness, definitely. Uh, but it's not super boozy, even though it's checking in at 13.4 percent. Um, so uh, it's got it's got some punch to it. Um, it's definitely got uh, it's it definitely has the body to match that alcohol. It's fairly thick. Um It it definitely you don't you get some quad notes like there's a very kind of the sweet quadness but really this thing has just turned into like a product of the barrel and so it's very sweet um, as rum will tend to be uh, compared to some of the other spirits um, because it is made out of sugar cane Um, yeah you get definitely has the winish qualities you get a little bit of caramel a little bit of toffee um in there but i haven't gotten much coconut yet i was hoping for that they don't add coconut but i think they're just hoping the rum kind of gives it that vibe but all in all yeah it's uh i don't drink drakes uh that often anymore um but i and you know i just don't look for their ipas anymore um but i saw this come up and i and i picked it up um definitely wanted to try something different something new i'm always down for these big multi barrel aged bombs. This is pretty solid. Um, uh, I, I think out of um, uh, four uh, uh, piña coladas, um, or out of five, I mean, I'd probably give this four piña coladas since it's talking about island diaries and such. Go as an island drink. But yeah, I'll give it four out of five. Um, but yeah, it's a very uh, interesting beer. Um, and uh, I'm excited to look forward to killing the rest of the bottle. Then I have another sidecar beer uh, for today, as well, of course.
0: I feel I can't believe you didn't start the podcast with "If You Like your Coladas." Dude, don't don't
1: don't try to encroach on my uh, my, <laughs> my creative I'm, space. I'm creeping on your territory.
0: Is what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, I didn't. So I <laughs> I, I I was like, I sometimes I'm like I don't want to come up with a song, but man, at the put the tailgate. At, we had What song are you going to sing? What song? I know, and I wasn't even going to sing one. So yeah, we had to. So now the pressure is on. I got to do a stupid song you before. You have to sing
0: a damn song every damn week. And I do not <laughs> have a good
1: voice. I don't know why you guys are asking for that. Um but yeah, but um yeah, so so good beers tonight. Um I also have a I have a, a juicy bits from Weldworks. It's an nice. IPA. From so works in uh, fort collins colorado um that'll be my second beer uh, i've had it before it's pretty tasty yeah but i, I didn't want to lead off with another Hazy yeah we've been doing a lot of those lately yeah i uh
0: th- the people who make it all the way into the podcast might actually be in for a treat by the time i drink 32 ounces of 9.4
1: yep that's what <laughs> yep. you're gonna be feeling good brother
0: yeah tummy's getting warm i got i got some uh Habanero cheddar pepperoni here, along with some cheese from uh, the cheesemonger in Leavenworth. You ever been to the cheesemonger in Leavenworth? No, I have not. Oh, do you? Do you and you and Amanda go to Leavenworth very often? No, we do not. Okay, all right. Well, if you do, you got to go to the cheesemonger. It's a uh, it's it's a specialty cheese shop that's right downtown downtown right there's like one street but anyway it's a specialty cheese shop that's right there on whatever it is Front Street and uh, they have and I kid you not they have really really good cheeses they also have a pretty pretty decent selection of uh, like European beers it's a, you know because it's a European uh themed town right um pretty decent selection lots of belgian beers I, I don't know if you would approve of their selection or not on that front but uh yeah it's it's a good place so anyway it's kind of neither here nor yeah. there
1: but we, but we yeah, had some so that's what uh, i have to eat we were able to pick up some cheese from Ferdinand's on friday we had last night oh, we, yeah we had some smoky cheddar and some uh uh hot pepper which is their like version of pepper jack Yep. Um, both very tasty. We, we got that tin of cougar gold waiting, but that's always a, a special occasion. But
0: I know, we're, like, we're cougar to make gold some... will just, it'll just sit there because you'll be like, no, I don't want to open it until I really want to eat it or I really want to make
1: something with it. Uh, or like, maybe
0: I'm having like 20 people over to my house. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it gets crusty and interesting. Yeah. It has those crystals on it. So, fun story about the uh, cougar gold that I have. Um, so we went that we picked up, we went to, as, as I alluded to in the, um, intro, uh, we went to the Hill bars, uh, with a couple of our friends. Uh, one of them was on the last podcast to kind of relive our glory days as you will. And our, uh, our Lyft driver that took us up to the Coug, we, we chatted with him a bit and, uh, found out that he was graduating in may and then he's got a job at the tillamook cheese factory um so and then so he's got a food sciences degree and he actually worked um at ferdinand's and he said uh, look for his name on uh on on our um cougar gold tin and it turns out it was his name on our cougar gold tin i can't pronounce his name uh so i'm not even gonna try (laughs) But, uh, but I'd have to go back and read it phonetically, which probably would be wrong. So, um, but yeah, so that was, that was a little fun. We went and we checked that the next morning. Uh, we're like, oh, that's cool. You know, we got the same cheese. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, we, we uh, well, we, we went out and, uh, uh, we, we had that, we, we went out and, uh, went to the coog Um, it was way nicer than going to the coog on a, on a regular football weekend. Uh, yeah. last year. um, we did some partying uh we we wanted to go dance at Valhalla uh but they had the bottom shut down and you know, we oh. used maybe it's because it's Easter weekend there's some students out out of town or something but uh, yeah usually it's 80s night on Saturday oh, but man. we're in school but then I think it's like 90s and 2000s night now or 80s 90s night or something now um, but we were like hey we just want to dance to some music and um but uh, that didn't work out, so we actually went down to uh, whatever you want to call it. We call it Mike's. Um, you probably call it Shakers, Jeff.
0: Yeah, once upon a
1: time. And now it's called Stubblefields.
0: Stubblefields.
1: Yeah, and so we, we danced. We it'll danced always butt-
0: be Shakers.
1: Yeah, yep, we danced our butts off there. Um, I had enough to uh, get up in the uh, the cages and, and do a little uh, dance up dance up in those. Um, but the end wait, of the
0: wait, night- wait, 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 wait wait (laughs) can we just pause for a sec to appreciate what you just said how how was how how did that go by the way
1: always well um i i got uh more rhythm than would appear from the outside
0: i don't know man i don't know yeah (laughs) i i i have to see this i is there video evidence
1: yes there is
0: amanda has video uh
1: i do you do yeah
0: wait wait but were you taking video of yourself while you were dancing
1: no my friend was oh i see yeah i see yeah but yeah i'm gonna have to see this yeah uh it's not that interesting it's just oh
0: i beg to differ i definitely want to see this
1: well maybe (laughs) if you're lucky
0: if i play my cards right
1: yeah but we had we had so I I did I did nice you know by uh, by two a.m. and we weren't walking much but at two a.m. Uh, before I went to bed I had like six thousand steps already on my watch Attaboy. just just from dancing. Um, uh, so Amanda's not a big dancer, but if you get a a few drinks in her then she'll and and, and some uh, peer pressure then she'll go dance and that's what we did. Um, so we ended the night uh, we wanted to get munchie dogs. And let me tell you, that was one of the more disappointing uh, uh, trips uh, to to. Well, it's, it's of course, not munchies anymore, but the Coog has the old um, tent, and they serve it the same way, and like like outside. Uh, but uh, so my friend goes up and orders uh, just to keep with the cheese theme. Um, she wants nacho cheese on her do- hot dog and uh they because in munchies they used to have a nacho cheese thing in the back and you you basically like a of people didn't know it was there but if you knew it you knew it and usually got it every time um but they uh the guy goes oh uh you you, you must have not have been here for a while he's like we haven't had nacho cheese for two presidents and so <laughs> we were pretty pissed <laughs> like, <laughs> dude i get it you don't have nacho cheese but you don't have to like rub it in on the two presents thing which Is by the way not true i know that uh i've been there a few years back and i got nacho cheese on my hot dog so. so whatever but yeah they had this jalapeno cream cheese which uh was uh whatever it wasn't a great replacement um the hot dogs weren't what we remembered either the onions were a little undercooked which amanda liked, but i don't like um the when the, the the employee came back and he he asked us like they're not as good as they used to be right and we're like yeah they aren't so that was a big disappointing thing of the night uh we had fun otherwise we i think we we properly relived um our uh, glory days and then we got to come back um uh to uh to our children who woke us up early in the morning the next day <laughs> of so, course <laughs> they
0: did yeah of course that's what children do
1: yeah, so, um, I guess, uh, we, we talked about obviously the spring game quite a bit on the last podcast and as, as hectic as it is, I think you can get some good talk on there, but Jeff, I just want to get some thoughts, just kind of, let's talk about, you know, some overarching themes of spring ball. Cause it did officially end today. The last practice was today as the day we're recording on Tuesday. Um, uh, I, I'm thinking, so when I, when I'm looking at the quarterbacks, obviously that's the big thing. Uh, we don't have a quarterback as of yet, but, uh, today, um, they Gage Gabru did was a uh, full, uh, participation and he did two of the offensive drives and then Gordon and Tinsley each took one. Um, I, I think we all thought that maybe Gordon looked the best at the spring game um what do you think jeff do you still think it's gabrud's job um for now and and uh and we'll see in fall camp
0: yeah i mean i think it'll come down to gabrud and gordon i, I you know I, I gordon looked better to me on the one practice that i watched. And granted that's a you know one you know one practice sample size so you know i'm not going to pretend that that's that's sort of everything but um uh, basically what I saw in the practice that I watched is more of what I saw in the spring game. So a, a guy who was in command, um, a guy who could make throws, um, a guy who was maybe a little inconsistent at times. And I think that's going to be sort of the crux of the deal because, um, you know, leech, you know, if you listen to very many leech interviews, you hear a lot about consistency, right? Consistency and attention to detail and, um, you, know, you just kind of hear those those themes over and over and over again. And and I do think Gordon has a little ways to go to get that consistency. But I will say um, I know that, you know, at this time last year before Minshew showed up, I definitely felt like Tinsley was a little bit ahead. Um, he just looked a little more in command. Gordon looked a little a little more. Uh, I don't know, a little more wild, I guess, or I guess that's just another way to say inconsistent, right? Where, um, you know, the throws you would make would kind of seem to be all over the place a little bit. And, uh, you know, he seems more locked in for longer stretches now. And again, this is, you know, practice. So it, it's not like, um, you know, you can, you, you can tell too much off of that. And I think, um, I think fans try to read a ton into these things and, and I can tell you from, you know, again, both watching Leach's interviews and then also, uh, you know, being around Leach a little bit when I was in Pullman, um, I think fans place a lot more stock in what they see in these th- these spring drills and spring games and spring practices uh, than the coaches do. Um, I just think that they look at this, and I, I know Leach talked about this today after today's uh, last practice you know, coaches really look at spring drills as, as an opportunity to grow, um, as an opportunity to put guys in the right spot. Um, they're not looking at it as if there's a game tomorrow, you know, they're looking or this weekend, you know, they're looking at it as if there's a game in, you know, four months. Right. Um, so that's kind of how they approach it. And, you know, if you kind of look at it in that light, you know, Gordon looks like he's sort of made, uh, the biggest strides. Um, he looks like he's the guy who's ready to do it, you know, if there were a game this weekend. Um, and so that feels good. I mean, you know, we, we talked about it on Saturday on the, you know, the crazy, the crazy podcast, but you know, Gordon made a couple of throws that were really impressive. Uh, there was one, you know, where he kind of dropped it in the bucket, I think to Renard Bell, I can't remember for sure, but, um, just kind of right on the sideline, uh, you know, over the linebacker or or over the corner who was sitting, and then and then under the safety. So, uh, you know, really nice throw there, and you know, so nothing I saw there made me think that um, you know, he couldn't do it. Uh, you know, I've 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 kind of long said that I would be entirely comfortable with either Gordon or Tinsley, whichever guy won it. Um, you know, we talked about this before Cabrude officially transferred, um, and was approved. And so, you know, I still feel the same way. I didn't see anything from Gordon that made me think that he couldn't handle it. Um, but I do think again that, you know, Cabrude is, um, I I don't know. I just feel like he's, and I don't have any, you know, special insider knowledge on this, but, um, it just feels like, you know, when you got a guy who's got as much experience as he does, um, that that's worth something. And so it it will definitely be interesting to see um, kind of how quickly he picks things up and and I know that I think they wanted to see him in one full speed practice like they did today um, to just kind of get a sense of of where he's at with that um, after he didn't play on Saturday. So, yeah, I I, I think it'll probably be Gabruud and, and Gordon um, and, and I'll also kind of throw this in and maybe you can give some thoughts on this, but, you know, it's kind of piggybacking off what I said about this, maybe not being as significant to the coaches as it is to the fans. Um, you know, I I think people are probably way too down on Cam and Cooper after what happened on Saturday cuz obviously he did not play well and I think everybody knows that, but um, you know, I can tell you that that he has actually had a pretty good set of spring practices. Um, and that I wouldn't necessarily take what happened on Saturday as like some sort of foolproof evidence that he is really far away. I I just, I don't think that's the case. And, um, I think he had a bad day and, you know, part of what they did too there is that, um, he played a bunch of series back to back to back to back to back. And so, you know, if this were, for example, a real game, he'd throw a pick. Um, if he threw a pick, right, he'd throw a pick, he'd go to the sidelines and he'd talk to somebody and he'd reset and he'd kind of refigure what they were going to do. You know, instead he was, he threw a pick and then he's over to the other side of the field, bringing the other unit back the other way, you know, different set of receivers. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think it just kind of got to a point where it kind of snowballed on him a little bit. Um, I think the speed was a little bit more than what he was ready for. A- and I don't think any of that is necessarily, you know, damning his, uh, potential as a starter so you know I look at it as a rough day at the office more than anything else and, and I think the coaches are still pretty high on him
1: and you know but by, by next year you know he's you know he's kind of already the presumptive starter uh, next year um, but or him or Gunnar Cruz but obviously Cooper's going to have uh, three years in the system by the time um, he takes the first snap in 2020 so uh, we, we've seen this can take a couple years to really figure out. Um, even though he might have ran something similar in high school, it's obviously different speed. And, and yeah, I'm not too worried. Um, uh, I do, I do think uh, when you're talking about Gordon and Tinsley, uh, I feel like there's some influence of what Minshew did this year in the, his ability to extend plays, create um, big passing plays of scramble drills, or even just avoid sacks to keep the you know keep ahead of the chains. Um, and, and I think you saw, you see more of that out of Gordon than, than you do out of Tinsley. And I think, uh, especially bringing in a guy like Cabrud who can do that as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the coaches see the value in that now, uh, rather than, you know, the, um, the reverse of, you know, when you had Luke Falk back there and he was basically, uh, just, you know, a you know, it's a cliche, but a statue and, and just, he, he would extend plays just by waiting and waiting and waiting in the same spot. But you saw, you saw with Minshew, he would extend plays by rolling out to the right or rolling out to the left, what have you, and just uh, making a play and then potentially making a play with his feet, which we saw multiple times Gordon do. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, like you said, he is above Tinsley and then between him and Gordon. Um, and, yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say that, uh, you know, a point that, that I think, you know, we need to remember is that the air raid is designed to attack every square inch of the field at all times, right? Like, like you got to make the defense be honest and defend it all. And when you have a, a quarterback who can run, um, you know, even if it's just on a scramble that that's another part of the field that teams have to defend. And and you mentioned Luke Falk, and this is, you know, not meant to be a, a rip Falk session, but, there were definitely parts of the field that defenses didn't have to defend, particularly if they were going to drop eight guys, you know, I mean, they, the linebackers could, you know, set up their line, you know, six, seven yards behind the line or sorry, downfield. Right. And that, that entire space in front of them of five, six, seven yards, they didn't even have to worry about because Falk was never going to, never going to run for it. And so if that's considered by the coaching staff to be an important, uh, thing to be able to do to attack that part of the field then i will say that Gabrud will definitely have a leg up i mean gordon looked good you know kind of moving around in the pocket and i'm sure he's mobile enough to to pick a few yards but but neither gordon nor tinsley are as good of a runner as Gabrud. Gabrud is like linebacker or not linebacker like running back size you know i mean he can run like a running back um i think that that's something that you know, if the coaching staff is like, yeah, we want to be able to attack this, then I think the brood um, definitely makes a difference there. And then if I could throw one more thing in about Cooper, I, I think it should also tell you something. You know, people are kind of like Cruz or Cooper, Cooper or Cruz. I-, I think it should tell you something that the coaching staff gave Cooper, whatever it was, four or five series there kind of right in a row, um, right. really giving him every chance to get some experience you know, and to, um, you know, kind of see show what he could do. I, I think that shows kind of where he's at in the pecking order. You know, Cruz got whatever one or two series, whatever that was, um, not as much as Cooper. And so I, I think that, you know, I really do think they're trying to give Cooper an opportunity to kind of push his way into that competition which should tell you i think a little bit about what he's shown during spring practice so yeah if you're down on cooper i mean i understand what you saw wasn't great but um i I really think the coaching staff sees him in a little different light than than maybe what uh what we see him right now after just watching on saturday
1: and he is still just a redshirt freshman
0: still just a redshirt freshman yeah
1: feels like he's been around for a while because he came or you know he came in january last year but but you know it's it's you know he's a redshirt freshman and so uh, that's how it is. But I, I also wanted to talk uh, touch on the DBs as well. Um, obviously, Skylar Thomas moved to the nickel c- corner, which is what we've known uh, throughout camp. But we got to see uh, a couple of the new guys um, make some plays. Uh, uh, Bryce Beekman, um, he was wearing number 26 on uh, on Saturday. He made some nice plays. He had a pick, at least one pick, real nice pick. Um, And then he should have had a pick six later. Yeah, he should. He he jumped a pass. Um, And then um, Tyrese Ross also had a very nice pick. And both both of these times, uh, these the plays these guys made were um, very much a product of their size. Um, And and you can tell uh, they're moving from uh, Skylar Thomas, who was what he's five foot nine. Um, Now they're obviously going to be moving to and having a safety. Uh, next to jalen thompson who is over six feet um and that was obvious we've talked about this before but it it was very obvious at the spring game um and probably to you in practice as well just the size of these guys and the difference that that brings and and it seemed like they still had the physical skills the the speed that you would expect as well
0: yeah i i think uh they were impressive you know we kind of talked about this on saturday's podcast but um you know i i think you feel good when both sides make their share of plays you know i don't think you ever want to see a spring game where one side looks dominant um you know because you know that that might be an indication you've got a problem right on that side um and, and i think that you know both sides made their share of plays the defense made their share of plays, the offense made their share of plays. Um, obviously, you know, we talked about Desmond Patman before, you know, the beastly play he made there at the end. Um, you know, you feel good about that. Again, you, you know, you referenced, uh, you know, the plays that are made by, uh, you know, the interceptions by the defensive backs, including one that, you know, should have been a pick six. Um, result of, of kind of a bad decision but you know it's they look like they could certainly hold their own which is which is really encouraging um considering there were so many times last year when the defensive backs just look physically overmatched so uh yeah feel good about that
1: yeah especially because uh wcu has a very good wide receiving uh w- set of wide receivers um as good as they're going to see the rest of the year um so it, it's, it, it's encouraging to see them uh, make plays um, uh, against that group. It's not like they're playing, a, you know, a, a low-quality group. Um, but obviously the wide receivers make plays, they make plays. That's going to happen. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Jeff, do you have any other uh, positions that you, you think about? Offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, anything like that? Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, I think just the overall depth is something that I would say was was pretty impressive. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to Matt Chaz on another podcast earlier today, and, you know, he was talking about, and I, I kind of hadn't thought about it this way, but I was like, actually, that's a really good point. Um, he was saying, you look at the, the crimson starting wide receivers and the gray starting wide receivers, and any Pac-12 team, more or less – would feel really good about that f- set of four. And that's like eight guys, <laughs> right? right? You know, where, so, yeah, he was like, you know, you feel pretty good about that group. Um, so, yeah, there was that depth. And then the offensive line, you know, obviously the defensive line had their moments, um, but it's not like the defensive line was, uh, you know, just sort of blowing past the offensive line at, at all stages, uh, which, you know, tells you that you've got, a pretty good you know depth at offensive line where you've got two units of 5 and each one is able to hold its uh, hold its own pretty well you know and then again the defensive line you know, was able to get some pressure on the quarterback, I think. Um, it certainly looks to me like Namdi Aguayo is a guy who, you know, could be ready to to finally live up to and, and not through any fault of his own. He he's kind of been injury plagued, right? But um a guy who, you know, looks like maybe he's finally ready to um be what we what we hoped he could be. Um yeah, he looks, he's the, the he size looks now. like a beast, right? Like yeah. you look at him and you're like, holy smokes, that dude has put on some muscle. Um, and you know, and maybe that, maybe that added strength helps him stay healthy. So, um, so that was a guy who, who was impressive also. And, um, linebackers, I'm still not totally sold on that. Um, I'm curious how that's going to go. Um, losing palour I think is pretty massive. Um, you know, woods is still, you know, doing what he does, but, Um, you know that that middle linebacker presuming I I wasn't paying that close attention I'm assuming woods was still playing, you know, the weak side spot Um, so then leaving, you know, the the middle linebacker to you know, dylan sherman and and maybe justice rogers Um, so i'm curious to see how that how that plays out Uh with the defense but but you know all in all the depth was was just sort of super impressive, you know guys you know splitting them up into two teams and both teams looking pretty competent with no um i don't know about you but i didn't look in and and feel like there were any glaring holes out there and that's a that's a really far cry from where we were even just like like maybe three years ago
1: yeah and and obviously our our, uh the defensive line is small but like the guys just look built and they're obviously the strength and conditioning program is 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 on point and just shout out yeah,
0: tyson brown
1: yeah shout out tyson brown and so yeah like they just you know you you look and like this is a this is a squad and like this is the, the they 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 look like the team that you want and that, that there's the speed when they're playing this full you know this full speed practice it, it looks like big time football and obviously we've Won a ton of games in the last four years, so we shouldn't be surprised by that. But it's still as a WSU yeah. fan, um, uh, we we still remember, uh, you know, eight years ago. So it's not yep. it's not that long ago uh, no, that, it's not. that that something like this just wouldn't uh, be as entertaining. Yeah, because it was really like for a spring game, it was pretty entertaining. You have guys making plays. That, you know, obviously we were missing Booby this year, but uh, to make the real impressive plays, but we, we got some vintage max, we got some vintage Desmond Patman, we got some Calvin Jackson, just shaking people, you know, uh, you know, there was a lot of, uh, nice plays made by a lot of guys that we, we, you know, and have enjoyed watching. And so it, it was fun. And, and, you know, uh, it's nice to have that depth. Obviously we're not bringing in these, uh, elite recruiting classes, but they're, they're bringing their, the level of Three star, I guess you could say they're bring they've been bringing in for the last four years. It definitely um, is a different type of three star than we were yeah. pulling in previously. And, yeah, I agree. And so, uh, yeah, these guys are, yeah, they 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 look ready to go. And and you know, I I feel you know it's it's like you said we can read into this way too much, but I, mean, I feel pretty damn good about what well, they got going.
0: And I don't know if it raises the ceiling, right? So we just won 11 games. You know, I don't know if this means. You know, another 10, 11 games is is waiting for us. I don't know if it means, you know, maybe 12 wins and a Pac-12 championship is coming, but I do firmly believe that it raises the floor. You know, when we start talking about, okay, so what's the? And I know that, you know, we we a lot of times think about, you know, like how bad could it go because we're Cougs, but it's like, you, you know, when you think of, okay, so what's what's the range of wins when you've got some depth like that you know, and you, you sort of suffer the, you know, inevitable injuries or, or, or whatever, um, you know, certainly the depth is what helps you survive that and helps you sustain through that. And, and so that, that's really, really cool because, you know, we, we sort of, I mean, if we think back to when Leach was hired, I know that I said, you know, Hey, a bowl game, like three out of four years would be the sort of thing that would make me happy. And, and, you know, the context is everything, right. You know, coming off of Paul Wolf, um, and like, you know, zero bowl games, zero, even sniffing bowl games. Um, and so, you know, I kind of thought a bowl game every, like, I don't know, three out of four, three out of five years, I'd be pretty happy with that. Well now we're going on, you know, four straight years. And, and when you look at what's on the field, it's, it's almost I don't know. It's like almost impossible to imagine that group winning fewer than six games. And, you know, I'm not saying that six games is like the expectation, but, you know, if that's the floor, right. And we're just talking, okay, well, we're going to another bowl game. I mean, that's a really, really, really cool place to be.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, you know, it, I just, I remember that when, when they scratching Claude to the to the new Mexico, Mexico bowl in Leach's second year. It was just like, it was just, it it seemed unreal even, you know, like it, it, it just, it just seemed like this is like, oh man, like this is as good as it gets. right? <laughs> like at least, you know, after what we had been we through, did we, did
0: we did it, we did it. And then, and then two years later, it's the sun bowl and we're like sun bowl. Yeah. It's actually a pac 12 affiliated bowl game. This now, is so great.
1: And now, like, this year when they were doing bowl selection, like, man, we can't go to the Holiday Bowl again. I'm sick of that. Yeah. We, <laughs> we can't go to the Sun Bowl. We can't go. Like, we would have we just, like, killed to go to Vegas, like, four years ago. But now it's just like, now it's like, oh, give me. I don't you know, know. I really like,
0: want the college football playoff, you guys. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, well, that's what you know, they've been one win away from the. Pac-12 championship game four years in a row. The first year, it's 2015. It was Stanford, and then the last three years it's been UW. And and so it it's uh it's crazy to think that uh, they've won six or seven uh conference games every single year uh for four years, and and they they've, they've been a top four team essentially for the last three years. Um, and th- there's no reason why the WSU uh, should have that sort of sustained success, um, but it's it's happening. Um, it's Mike Leach, it, man. It 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 is, and it's Mike uh, Leach,
0: he's the secret sauce. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, it, it is incredible. Um, and last year showed us that we can, um, you know, re- go a little higher. Um, now we're just hoping to see, you know, maybe get one of these, uh, four years in the system quarterbacks. Uh, like you know, who started out with high recruit, Camin or Gunner or someone like that. Maybe in another year, maybe, uh, maybe maybe you know we can build on have a better recruiting class this year because last year I think they were a little um, strapped because of Leech almost leaving. Um, but uh, but but yeah, that uh, we can definitely see. I, I I don't think this we've reached the the peak. Obviously, we've done as well as Leech ever did at Texas Tech. Um, I mean, you could probably say that 2008 tech tech team was better than last year's WSU team, yeah, but they, I but think they, so. they, essentially had the same end result, like sure. a top, a top 10, 11 win team who went to a second level bowl game. you know, cotton bowl wasn't a major bowl back then. I think no. that's what they ended up. But yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Alamo bowl is that second tier. Um, and, uh, you know, but, did, but, did, but yeah, so, uh, you know, even if that's the top, I mean, it's, uh, we can hope for more. And and if we're at that level where if a few things break their way, they have a big season and that's kind of, you know, that happened uh, until snow happened, but that happened until last year, but uh, we we won't harp on that. But, uh, uh, but, uh, but, um, but yeah, so that, that essentially happened last year. You know, they, you know, they, they really got lucky with a a QB transfer and they um, got lucky with a, with a, a keg-shaped uh, nose tackle, and they got, <laughs> yeah, they did. And so, uh, so you know, they had a few things go their way. They had definitely stayed healthy. So, but now it's you know, um, maybe the defensive line and uh, maybe the linebackers. That so they're the, the two where. You, yeah, some an injury or two could hurt a lot, but even last year they had some injuries on the defensive line and they still cobbled it together and they had a pretty damn good defense. So, um they we have good coaches and uh we're we just we have a system and and it's working and it's it's really fun. Yep. It and is. I think, and I think next year you'll see a hell of a lot more people in Pullman when the spring game is not on Easter, which is yeah. just, that that's just a random luck of the draw. Yeah. Because, uh, Easter moves. The spring game does not. Uh, so uh, I think we ended that up they should
0: that. consider moving the spring game though. I mean, I know Mike Leach is a creature of habit and, and all those things, but I, you know, really think you should consider making sure that it's not on Easter weekend.
1: Well, that's what at first I was like, cause, um, I remember our, uh, Amanda's family, we were talking about, they were talking about doing something for Easter, like going to the Oregon coast or something. And I, and I was like, uh, I'm thinking like the, the spring game's always on that. It's an Pullman. I really want to go. And I, and I basically said, I'm not going to the family thing. I'm going to go to Pullman. I don't care. Like, and, and uh, um, but uh yeah, so but it, it kind of worked out. We got to drive back through Yakima on the way back, and we got to spend Easter with our, you know, my dad and, and Amanda's parents, and beaded egg hunting, and it was adorable and whatever. Um, it, but go on my Twitter, or Instagram, and you can see. Um, but uh, but yeah, so but it, but I think, you know, ten thousand plus is not out of the realm of possibility next year when when it's not Easter. Um, I've seen on the. Um, our favorite uh facebook group which i like to follow out of just pure fascination is the die hard Cougs. and i saw a lot of people saying put it on mom's weekend and i'm like dear god no like i don't want to have to look for a hotel to go to the spring game on mom's weekend like that's that'd be a disaster
0: hell no
1: yeah keep it well it's funny i'll show you how in tune these people are they're like they should have a concert that weekend too it's like um there was a concert the yeah. night before the game. <laughs> like, yes, there was. T Pain and you know, so uh, fairly famous artist, uh, T Pain. Uh, but but yeah, so um, they definitely like that, that. That was a hell of a weekend to be in Pullman. Like if you, if you wanted stuff to do, there was a ton of stuff to do. Um, unfortunately, the rain blocked out the coo- not you know killed Cougville. but whatever man, it, it was it was. Uh, I, I think. Um, next year uh, we're going to see a much bigger crowd and, and, and it's going to be you make sure you want to buy those club seats early and, yeah. and, and and make sure that you're high enough to buy those rv passes because that, that was a blast and yeah. uh, make sure you make sure you book your hotel rooms a little earlier so you can get that that high quality quality in um and the but yeah so it's a uh, um I, I'm looking forward to it already next year because it, it's just such a low stress weekend, so fun and, and and I think the I think the momentum of another winning season this year will continue building uh, excitement.
0: Yeah, I agree. I th- I think word'll yeah. travel about how much fun the weekend was too for people and we, that it we definitely are, this was is worth the, the
1: trip. This is the official podcast of going to the spring game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> getting your ass to the spring game. Yeah. Pat uh, Chun
0: already sent us the check, so we we're obligated to talk about how great it was.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Pat.
0: Thanks, Pat.
1: I, I know the Pac 12 is stiffening you on that Pac oh, 12 revenue.
0: We can probably talk about that on
1: another week. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, we got we got a whole goddamn like five, I
0: know. We gotta, four and a
1: half months until we got to survive the entire starts. summer. <laughs> so we we got to save some topics. Like,
0: shit. What's left? I don't yeah, know. Smith. Kyle Smith's gonna sign some guys, so we could probably talk about that and Yeah. Man, once that's done, I, I don't know what we're gonna talk about until August.
1: We'll figure it out. I I, I, I have some things up my sleeve that could be very fun. Um we'll figure it out. Uh but anyway, so Jeff, uh are you more excited about the spring game being back in Pullman or WC basketball having a director of analytics?
0: Well, that's an easy question. It's the director of analytics. <laughs> that's, that's super easy. Like, cause one is, one is just like a, you know, once a year kind of deal. And that is fun. Like I don't get me wrong. It's very fun. And as I talked about multiple times up until this point, um, it's pretty great. But, but the director of analytics, I mean, that just tells you so much about where the basketball program is headed. Um, you know, and again, it doesn't necessarily say that it's going to be successful or anything like that, but, um, you know, one of the things that I think you always want is, is a sense of feeling like the process is good, that you're doing the process right. And even if things don't maybe work out, um, you know, I've kind of said this before that, you know, especially with basketball, I mean, like fortunes turn on, on on one thing, one dude, one decision, whatever. I mean, I mean, heck, we still talk about how, you know, we would have gone to the NCAA tournament back in whatever it was 2011. Right. If Clay hadn't gotten busted for weed, like, I mean, these are things we still talk about. And, um, you know, so one dude, one decision, one thing, you know, I mean, basketball especially seems to hinge on that. Um, you know, so I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that everything's going to be great because because things, you know, whatever. I mean, stuff happens. But but, you know, I personally try to look at process and I'm hiring a guy for director of analytics. Um, and so we we wrote the story uh, last night when uh, Kyle Smith went on John Rothstein's podcast and, and just sort of announced to the world that uh, he had hired a director of analytics, uh, John Ander yeah it and and and, and, re, and oh i can't even do it i can't even pronounce his name anyway it's it's polish i know that um and it's it's hard to pronounce so john coach john i'm just gonna call him coach john um it's maybe it's andrejack i think something like that uh
1: I've, I've been told by someone who used to work with him that he okay. goes by he goes by cj so if you CJ? call him that
0: yeah there we go like coach john that's yeah, I I, okay. I
1: don't know if that's what it is, but uh, um I that is uh that, is, that we can maybe we just call him C J, but maybe he doesn't want to be called that anymore. But. Yeah,
0: <laughs> could be. I don't yeah. know. It's not like I know the guy. Yeah. But- did, I did meet him. And so this was, so a couple, if you remember a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I alluded to this really cool thing and, you know, whatever. So that's what I was talking about was, um, that I had met this director of analytics, um, had talked to him for a few minutes about, uh, not for a super long time, wasn't a formal interview or anything, but talked to him for a few minutes about the kinds of things they were going to be doing with, uh, with numbers. Um, and it just got me super geeked out and excited. Um, WSU asked me to hold off on writing the story until, um, until it was officially announced, and then you know, and and, and the funny thing was, Cal um, Smith mentioned it during our interview. So I was like, maybe he shouldn't talk about it during the interview, but that's okay. I'll hold it if you want me to. Um, and then you know, he goes on this podcast and is like, I hired a director of analytics, and his name, it, you know, so I was like, all right, fine. I'm gonna you know, I'll write the story. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's the process, right? You see that you go, Hey, the process is good. They're, they're trying to do it the right way. Um, trying to, you know, look for these inefficiencies. Um, you know, and I kind of love the fact that they haven't signed anybody yet. And I know that that's, uh, maybe, you know, maybe seems counterintuitive, but I, I just remember Ernie getting hired and then like just sort of gobbling up whatever dude would say yes. Um, you know, at this point, Kyle Smith's pretty much down to six guys, on his roster. And so he's got a lot of spots to fill. Um, he's got seven scholarships available and that, and, you know, it, well, let me rephrase seven scholarships available. If the two guys who signed don't want to stay, we don't have any indication on those two guys yet. Um, if they do, then you'll have five scholarships available and that's still, you know, not, uh, you know, not that, that's still a lot. Right. Um, right. So it yeah. seems like he's being selective. I, I don't know if that's actually true, but that's kind of what it looks like is he's being selective about, or maybe just everybody's saying no, but I'd like to believe that people <laughs> that he's being selective. So, uh, so I feel good about that. Feel good about the hire. feel, you know, just, I just feel like, you know, I don't know. Like I just, I feel great about the process of the hiring. I feel great about Smith's um, process that he talked to me about as far as how he goes about adding talent. Um, you know, again, it, it may not work. It might just still suck, and this season might still be super rough. But, um, but you know, I feel good that it's being done in a way that at least has a chance of success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember uh, when you were in Pullman. Uh, when you when you said that you you, you sent me a message he's like you're like hey Craig I just talked to our all caps director of analytics uh, which which is great and uh, it it sounds like you know we're not sure exactly which position he'll hold but right now he must be uh, doing something uh, you know and in, yeah in, a, in an assistant coach role um, you know he could end up you know TBO or anything but um, for now, you know, they, they got a few guys on the ground and, uh, uh, they're, they're valuing this guys. I saw one recruit, um, uh, put us in his top three, who was not even WC was not on his radar before. Um, and, uh, it, uh along with Cal and Nevada. So that, that kid obviously is looking for a place with a new coach. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> um, so obviously, uh, obviously, um but he uh he uh but yeah so there's obviously we're you know we they're they're looking at guys and it's not just juco transfers i'm sure that there'll be uh a grad transfer in there or something like that um you know just for the sake of having some older guys on the roster uh, that that you can you know not go the full wolf meth wolf method of tearing everything down to the to the studs and seeing what happens there
0: well, and he definitely said during our interview that he he did not want to do that, that it was important to him that the program remained competitive um, even as they sort of get their guys in place. Or be-
1: becomes competitive. It? Yeah,
0: yeah, right. Um, you know, he kind of talked about That another thing he talked about with his programs at, at both Columbia and San Francisco is it was kind of like year four when things really took hold. And I think at Columbia, if I remember right, it might have even been year five because I know the first couple of years he was sort of figuring out how to run his own program. But I know that he definitely said, hey, San Francisco, this was the year, this, this upcoming year that they felt like was going to be the year they really got over the hump, that that was going to be the year that they really um, sort of took that leap and, and everything happened kind of a year ahead of schedule last year. And so, you know, I, there's definitely I, I would not be surprised if he takes a couple of Juco kids um, again, just to sort of, and a grad transfer. So my guess would be, you'd probably see two, maybe three Juco slash grad transfers where, um, you're taking a guy who's only going to hold a scholarship for a year or two. Um, you know, I, I think he's really looking for that balance between, um, you know, being competitive and then also investing in the future. And, And the reality is that, you know when you're recruiting with such a short time frame um you know you 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 can be selective but you can't be too selective right i mean you still have to have enough players to field a team right and so um you know if if you don't maybe take some guys uh you know that that might help you a, a little bit then you know what you end up with is kind of what Cal had a couple of years ago, and and it just kind of got worse from there, and they really bottomed out. It, it's it's basically the Paul Wolf method, right? It's, it's kind of what you talked about there, where um you just sort of say, well, you know, we need to get rid of the bad apples, and we're gonna do it right, and we're gonna, you know, it's just there's a real danger, as as we know, to um you know sinking down into the abyss. It's 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 really tough to pull out, and and a coach can only play the, Hey, we're new, help us build a new thing card for like two recruiting classes. It's basically this one, which again is, is a short time frame and the next one. And then after that, you better have some results to show. And that's what you saw with Wolf, right? Where, um, those first two recruiting classes, those were the ones that really, especially the second one, right? Was, was the one that kind of made, you know, he made some hay where he where he landed guys like Jeff Toole and Marquise Wilson and um, Dale Buchanan. You know, those were guys who kind of came in those that class where it was still early enough that you could sell sell the hope. And then all of a sudden, you know, third recruiting class, fourth recruiting class, you see like, okay, this is it's not going well, right? That's that's when you sort of fall off. So, I, I know it's important to him to to increase the competitiveness. I know defense is going to be the focus. Um, and so I, you know, I, I think he's got a sound strategy and I think that'll involve a few transfers two maybe three. And other than that, I think he'll be looking for some high school kids that he, that he really thinks he can develop.
1: Definitely. And, uh, coming up soon on our, uh, if you're a subscriber, we should have some cool interviews. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I got one uh, more story to write, so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of hold the stuff back until... Until I get that last story, but I'm hoping to I'm hoping to post the full audio of of my Kyle Smith interview. Um, yeah, after I get that last story written.
1: And then we're hoping to get another one. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. I won't give away too much, but it could be super fun. Yeah. It's probably, probably a special podcast, but yeah. yeah. Um, the, that's the the beauty of this uh, new regime is that they they seem to like us, so um, we could have some fun with this. Um got to keep our ob- objectivity though, Jeff. You got to be just as mean to them as you are, as we were to Ernie.
0: No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm a fanboy. There's no doubt. I'm a fan. It's going to take a lot for me to jump off the Kyle Smith bandwagon. I'm just going to I'm just going to say that right now.
1: Oh yeah, we're definitely like already planning a spin-off, like I said called Smithcast, like I said in the previous one. So you know just Kyle Smith all the time um but yeah so uh basketball football i want to give you some homework for next time jeff uh, okay. there was a, there were i don't want to get into it right now cuz there's some re- but they use the spring game as a recruiting tool they did and i i, I want to talk about that next week we'll talk about that okay. next week um we had some interesting guys coming into, into town and, and, uh, um, gotten some positive feedback on it you know, uh, things that one of our favorite, uh, bot, co- uh, commenters on Kook center would love. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, it's, a uh, um, yeah. I, so look into that, uh, you know, do your research and, and we'll talk about that next week. Uh, we got maybe, I don't know, we got probably 15 minutes here. Uh, Let's. Uh, so I alluded to uh, some pop culture earlier, um, and you you didn't recognize the song that I that I they said. And and don't worry, yes. you're, you are not alone in this. Okay. Um. So uh. So that song is uh. It's kind of t- it's taking over the internet, and even I heard it on a radio station in Yakima. Um. It's called Old Town Road by. Oh.
0: Oh, yeah yeah okay yeah. So I, I have heard of old town road but i've never actually listened to the song so, yeah. so that's it, why i didn't recognize it
1: it's a rapper who made a, a country song and billy ray has billy ray cyrus uh, father of miley cyrus and f- most famous for don't break, don't my, break my heart my, heart. my, my achy Breaky Break-y heart. heart yep um and then uh but uh so, uh, but probably more famous for being uh, Miley Ray Cyrus. Probably dad this I mean, um,
0: for being Hannah Montana's dad. I Hannah think
1: Montana's true. dad. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, so he uh, that, that's a very interesting song. Um, like I said, we were at uh, Mike's or Mike's slash upload slash Shakers on Saturday and they played that song. And the three, fr- Amanda and the other two, the couple we were with, uh, we were dancing and I got really excited when it came on. And they were like, "What the hell is this?" And and so they're all, you know, we're all roughly the same age, and we are all the same age, uh, all um, all in the same class at WSU and everything. Uh, they had no clue. Like, not, neither the none of the three of them even knew what it was or had ever heard it before. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I, this is." I, we talk about how we don't know anything about pop culture, but I felt. I felt very in tune to pop culture at that moment. Cause I, I was hanging out with these, uh, all these, uh, college kids dancing around with the college kids. And I was just all just as excited as them to hear this song. Um, the rest of the music was a lot of like trap rap, which, uh, is pretty easy to dance to cause it's kind of these very short beats. But anyway, so, but those, that made me feel old, but, uh, knowing the little Nas X old town road, uh, made me feel pretty good. And that's why I wanted to, want to, uh, parody that one at the start today. So now you got to listen to it,
0: Jeff. I will. I will listen to some Old Town Road between this week and next, and uh, and I will report back
1: uh, it's, on it's, my experience. It's like, it's like a... I don't even know if the song's two minutes long. It's not... <laughs> it's, not <laughs> it's not an epic. By so anything. what
0: you're saying is it's not Pink Floyd.
1: No, it, 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 is, it is not. Uh, yeah. It is not any sort of 70s progressive rock type stuff at all um but yeah it's uh it's pretty interesting obviously it's having its moment right now um i'm sure we'll uh talk about it in 10 or 15 years and be like oh you remember that we like song (laughs) that weird song
0: yeah in 10 Uh, years we'll have to have sherwood back on the podcast to tell us about the uh, cultural significance of old town road he's our our resident music expert
1: but i think he says he doesn't uh, listen to anything after i can't remember what he yeah heard. he does like, say
0: that actually that
1: 2000 he, he stopped listening to new
0: music like 10 years ago
1: yeah something um, but I, i'm sure he's heard this it's uh it's 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 the rap song that white white people can love yeah,
0: and it was the anthem of texas tech on their uh on their run to the, to the championship game there
1: no I, I wasn't aware of that
0: you weren't
1: I was oh not.
0: Goodness. Oh, you gotta, you gotta look that up. It, it doesn't say that on Kempom.com. And old town, te- type in Old Town Road, Texas Tech, and you'll see
1: it. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about that on Kempom.com. Maybe he needs to have that feature.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's where, uh, I don't think that's where Mr. Pomeroy specializes.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. You know, you know, I'm paying him that 1999.
0: <laughs> we demand more, Ken. If you're <laughs> listening to our more, podcast, Ken. we demand more.
1: He definitely is, obviously, and and especially an hour and 20 minutes in, for sure. Yep. All right, Jeff. I know that uh, uh, you you are staying home from work tomorrow, but you're not not excited about it. I know.
0: Teaching is one of those things where staying home from work is actually not good because it just creates more work. You have to make a sub plan and... Then you gotta deal with everything else. but and I guess this isn't that different for most jobs where you gotta deal with everything else when you come back. Um, so yeah, it's missing missing work is not uh, not that exciting. plus, I've missed like a whole bunch of days in the last month and a half, which you know all most of them are you know kids being sick or whatever. so yeah, it's yep.
1: yeah, yeah, the season. Yeah.
0: You know, it's not the season. It's freaking April. Like, come no, on, it's dude. Flu season's in... still
1: happening, man. It, it, flu Lord, season goes
0: deep. Happen, like, back in January or February, not in... God, it's almost May. Good Lord. Anyway.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, B definitely uh, started, started with something in, in Pullman. So she got, I'm sure, everyone around. Like, our friend's kids... Uh, my poor pregnant sister was already showing symptoms, um, and and if you're pregnant and you have pregnant cold,
0: and the flu is no good.
1: Pregnant and you have a cold, there's literally nothing you can take that yeah, is safe. No you just have to deal with it. I, I know Amanda got pregnant at one point, or got, I know she got pregnant because you know B and all that. But I know she got sick while she was pregnant, got a cold um, that I actually brought home to her from a work trip. And I felt really bad because I could take the Dayquil and Nyquil and stuff, but you definitely can't take that. And and it's the same when you're breastfeeding; you can't take that either. Yep. So she had like the whole, you know, more yep. than a year when she was breastfeeding, and B wasn't very ever interested in it. So Amanda was more than happy to to uh, stop that. But but uh, but yeah. So whenever she got sick, and then you know, of course, she had the B vessel to bring the germs. Um, it's always B gets sick and then you just know you're getting sick eventually. Um, it's just going to, mutate. it's really
0: only a matter of
1: when it's going to mutate inside her. So she's just been a, uh, you know, snot all over her face for the last couple of days and, uh, just breathing through her mouth. Doesn't, doesn't want to take as big a bites of things. She's not even eating her either as much of her, uh, her most favorite thing, bananas, because you, cause taking that bite of bananas just, I think blocks her like ability to breathe out of her mouth too much. Um, cause she, you know, as I've said before, she wakes up asking for bananas. Uh, but, uh, but she, uh, she, she doesn't get any of it, but yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, I, I had a kid story and now, Oh no, I have a, I have a, um, you know, some of, some of you, uh, who haven't had a, a child, uh, may refer to your, uh, pets as your children um which which is fine there's definitely some similarities especially when they're little um and uh, i think you feel the same uh, familial connection um but uh, our uh, boy cat who is my my cat who has been featured on uh, baxter's beer of the game a few times um he was losing a bunch of weight and we found out he had a hyperthyroidism
0: which is oh. pretty
1: common in cats um uh, so, uh, that was why he was losing, he was losing weight, but he also looked like he was just fine. Cause they just, they're like active and, you know, yeah. he was like more active than usual. So like, and oh, by the way,
0: for, for, for listeners who don't know this, cause I know this because I've been to your house, boy cat is a large cat. Mm-hmm. Like, so for him to lose weight, he, you know, he probably has some weight to lose without you maybe necessarily realizing how much weight he's losing. Cause he is such a big ass cat. Oh, well, yeah, which cat.
1: We noticed he was losing weight, and by the time we took him to the vet, it turned out he was actually at the weight he's supposed to be for his <laughs> so, so we're like, oh, okay. So we're at like, least oh. but, but so <laughs> when when they you have hyperthyroidism, there's a couple methods of treatment. Either you can give them pills for like every day for the rest of their life. Or you can kind of take him to this treatment. And so we had to take him up to uh shoreline. There are uh be uh, his adva- his stage of hyperthyroidism uh there's two places in the state that that uh treat it and one's in shoreline and one is WSU um so uh we live pretty far from WSU i guess we could have taken him this last weekend that is but, true uh,
0: could just brought him but uh,
1: but i don't know if they would have been open or you know um uh, but but so how it works is uh we've dropped him off on monday at this place um and they it's a it's a uh, radiation therapy it's like a it's a radioactive isotope essentially that they treat him with and uh it's it's supposed to kind of kill the cells that are causing the hyperthyroidism and then hopefully uh it's it's similar in the way that uh, radiation attacks uh, cancer cells um and so he has he has about 80 percent chance of that just stopping the hyperthyroidism and then never having to take pills or anything and and so we took him up for that, and uh, now we have to wait uh, three to five days um, to find out uh, when he's coming home and to find out if the treatment is working. Um, so, uh, so uh, we uh, we were pretty bummed on Monday. We had to drop him off, and but it sounds like uh, you know he's he's going to live a better life because the doctor essentially told us like he should be eating an all meat diet he's like she's she was like cats should not be eating dry food um that she's like that's something we started you know a few decades ago but um cats should be eating wet food or just straight up raw meat and so i think Boycat's gonna like some changes in his life <laughs> jeez soon.
0: yeah so, that's that sounds like a better diet than what i
1: have actually i, I know right <laughs> Um, I don't think you want raw chicken, man, but well, no, but I mean, like, you know,
0: all meat, I I mean, I guess that's kind of what I'm doing eating keto, but you know,
1: whatever. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of uh, of eggs, but, but, but he's a carnivore. So he's specifically designed to process all that meat. Um, I learned that cats, um, uh, use protein as energy source first. Uh, uh, so that's, so they definitely like uh meat is what they need and and they don't process vegetable protein very well um so they definitely are uh, meat eating animals and apparently we should be just feeding them meat all the time um so he'll be a happy guy when he comes back from this treatment um i know that they're uh they told us they treat we we, we called these like he he's he's on his spa week um you know they're treating him you know they're treating him to some uh raw chicken and things like that while while he's up there <laughs> So uh, well,
0: that definitely jives with uh, with my experience, because we we currently have two young male cats. They're not really kittens anymore because they're, I don't know, six months old or seven months old, whatever they are. And they were litter mates. And so uh, so we got these cats and, and eventually we will, you know, set them loose to go roam around our property and eat mice because that's what we want them to do. Um, but in the meantime, they are like. Oh my God. They are any, any meat we leave out on the counter, any like they are just on the counter. Like if I leave, so we like to buy Costco chickens. I don't know if you guys do this, but, oh, yeah. um, yeah, the roast chickens at Costco, road, road history, yeah. Like, yeah. And, uh, man, if we, if we don't put the lid on that thing, it'll be like five minutes later, cats up there, like chomping away on the chicken or, um, feels like to eat the butter. That's that's another thing. So if you keep your butter on your counter, they like to eat the butter. Um,
1: animal protein, man. Yeah, yeah I've had it's, I've had boy it's cat So obnoxious. Lick, just like a little, you have a little lick, like indentation. Yeah, the butter.
0: <laughs> it does make me feel a little bit better though to hear you say that because I did not know that. And and Sarah likes to call. So we have, you know, the two cats. One of them is actually the runt of the litter. Um, and, and his name's Figaro because he looks like Figaro from the from the Disney movie um he's black with you know white paws and whatever yeah. um and Sarah likes to call him rat cat because he mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's like he's like a little rat like foraging for food wherever he can find it um but yeah so that makes me feel a little bit better knowing that uh, they actually have some sort of like uh, you know, genetic drive to, to, you know, to eat this meat that they, if they can ever get near it on the table. In fact, one night I was, uh, so I was making steaks and, and I like to do this like reverse sear with my steaks where you, you kind of bring it up to temperature slowly. So you, you cook it at like two twenty five, bring it up to like 115 degrees and then you, and then you sear it, bring it up to, you know, like 130 for your medium rare. And then, you know, there's your steak so I took, took the steaks off, I, I'd ra- gotten them up to about 115, was heating the the other grill to, to kind of, you know, sear them, and, and I put them on a plate, and I put the plate on top of this refrigerator that we have downstairs, which is next to my, um, inside, you know, near my grill. And the cat, one of the cats had actually um, jumped up, on climbed up on the counter, and then jumped up on the fridge, and then was like eating the edge of the this like semi-cooked meat, so um I was kind of pissed then but but now I'm feeling less pissed because you you explained to me why my cat did that which makes makes some sense.
1: Oh yeah, boy cat loses his shit if we eat if we're if I'm cooking any sort of fish. Like really? he just goes crazy. Like he's like right up he's he you know he's pretty big. Like he can get his paw almost all the way on top of the stove. Yep. And and like that. yeah, and he just he goes crazy. Like it's it's so funny like uh we always we usually give him a little bit you know uh we did find out that it's not as good to give him the the cooked chick because we were like oh we'll just like boil chicken breast and give that to him and but he uh but apparently it's like not as good for them if you cook it so i don't why is that I, I don't know. I, I'll I'll, yeah, I'll I'll do some research. I found out, okay. that, but,
0: That's but apparently hope.
1: it's not as good. But but I, I'm guessing letting them go and eat mice is a really good diet for them. So heck yeah. Uh, yeah. So that you'll be doing them a favor. Man.
0: Yeah, I will. I'll be I'll be a good owner. Except for the last cat that we had, that we're pretty sure got eaten by coyotes, which was very sad. And rest in peace, Ellie. We loved you.
1: Uh, we miss you, Ellie.
0: I know. Living in living in rural Graham, like. We have like a, there's a pack of coyotes that shows up every summer. And yeah, sometimes cats don't come back. We try to keep her inside, but you know, sometimes that doesn't really work out. So,
1: all right. Well, that's real downer. I know
0: that's kind of a downer way to end the, the segment. Sorry, everybody.
1: Well, let's let's have a little happier thing. I'm currently just on <laughs> Twitter watching over and over again dame lillard hit a 37 footer no i am watching this
0: right now too like i'm watching i'm watching sports center right now as we record this dame lillard uh knocking out oklahoma city because fuck oklahoma city they can lose every playoff city from here or every playoff series from here until eternity because you know for very obvious reasons
1: no he literally hits a 37 footer to win the game his his teammates go ape shit he just calmly turns and waves goodbye to the OKC bench, man. Oh, it's perfect. Oh, like, ah,
0: oh, it's 100% like, perfect.
1: God, I, I, you know, we the Blazers, maximum
0: pain for that piece of shit city that, down there. That just
1: so much shows you how the hate f- flows for OKC when you can fully enjoy the Blazers. Oh hell yes, hell yes. Because like I know, I know.
0: Some, well, not only that, Kevin Calabro
1: on the call, yeah. right? Yeah, I haven't even lasers. listened to the call yet, but I'm excited to get in on that action. Yeah. Um, Timothy Burke, who's the uh, uh, Bubba Prague on Twitter, is the deadspin guy. Um, he's got a quad box of the uh, uh of of the shot, and it's pretty great. Just four different angles. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, this is always a great day every spring when uh oklahoma city gets knocked. because out it does backs.
0: happen every damn spring
1: <laughs> the most satisfying one was the one durant's last year there yeah and when they blew a 3-1 lead to golden state yeah so they uh, blow
0: the 3-1 lead and then every year after that while durant's been in golden state they lose in the first round it's fantastic they,
1: they blow a 3-1 lead to golden state the direct goes to golden state <laughs> yep and then he blows his own 3-1 lead so yeah uh, but still it's perfect I love. yeah it. yeah yeah fuck the thunder yeah i I, I want them to lose all the every time every
0: game every year forever and ever until cool. i get a team back
1: yeah so i think we're right up on time here um you guys won't hopefully won't notice but jeff is going to have to put a lot of editing work <laughs> to this episode yes i uh, yeah we had
0: some recording issues with uh with uh skype so if if you notice any editing that seems a little like abrupt that that would be why
1: yeah we had we had a skype close out on us a few times but uh this last hour or so has been just fine um so uh yes uh please follow us on twitter at pod versus everyone send us questions comments whatever um it's funny i just saw a comment like right when we were launching And a guy said, like, are you going to do, like, quarterly live shows from breweries? And then, of course, we talked about doing that on this episode. So, um, yes, we have planned on doing that. Uh, We are looking forward to doing that. That will be very much fun. Um, We also, uh, you know, like us and subscribe us on whatever service you like. We are on all of them. Um, You're obviously listening on one of them. So, whatever one you like, give us a five-star rating. Uh, leave us a leave us a nice little comment. Um, tell us how much you uh, you love our our stories about uh, our children and uh, and our beers. Um, yeah. So uh, I um, I guess that's all we have, Jeff.
0: Yeah, I think that's it. Go I Cougs. Think, go Cougs.
1: Goodbye, everyone.